This is the Comstock Report podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. China has always been the target for political recriminations during presidential elections. They're not particularly popular with the general public, so politicians find them to be a convenient scapegoat for just about anything in election year. The COVID-19 pandemic started in Wuhan, China. President Trump and associates have been spinning a different narrative, blaming China for the deaths and economic devastation here. Secretary of State Pompeo was promising evidence that the virus came from a Chinese lab. They now say China should be punished. If pushed hard, this narrative will create tensions with China never before seen in peacetime. Charging China with killing Americans in the economy with COVID-19 is one thing, punishing them is another. Donald J. Trump would know that the resumption of the trade war with sanctions on China would disrupt the global and U.S. economies again as much as it would hurt China. What he really wants is the political benefit. It would seem counterproductive to tank the economy again in the process. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin says that the Trump administration is working on a plan as to how to punish China for allegedly letting the virus escape a lab in Wuhan and then keeping it a secret. Right now, I think this ranks right in there with WMD in Iraq. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that the best evidence is that the virus was not made in a lab in China, which may be why the White House will not allow him to testify before Congress. Possible sanctions on China discussed were stripping them of sovereign legal immunity, withholding debt owed China, or more tariffs. China will not take the criticism and charges without repercussion and retaliation. I cannot but believe that if the Trump administration really believes what it says, blaming China for our deaths and economic crash, that the punishment would be a slap on the wrist. Any serious sanction will bring a serious response from Beijing. I think that then we could kiss phase one away, or worse, There are two ways to look at what they may do. If Trump just threatens and doesn't act with sanctions, they may do nothing. The Trump team has been advocating for U.S. companies to exit the supply chain in China. That alone is provocation to them. By doing nothing, that would mean that execution of Phase 1 would pause. One other tack would be for them to buy the 20 million metric tons of soybeans, 12 million metric tons of corn, and a million bales of cotton as a strategic reserve for a trade war with the U.S., 20 million metric tons of soybeans is nearly three months' usage. Then they could focus on buying from South America and elsewhere. It seems like one way or the other, Brazilian agriculture continues to come out on top. It is hard to accept that given what U.S. farmers are going through, Brazilian farmers are experiencing high prices and good profitability. They are making their money from the market while we continue to get ours from CCC payments, Subsidies and anything else we can talk the government into giving us, while China buys our commodities dirt cheap. Our ag subsidies indirectly subsidize China. On the hogs, USDA keeps revising the past kills lower. The presidential order, progress on testing, and availability of personal protective equipment should get pork plants up and running again. The problem is that they will not be running anywhere near normal. They may start at 50% and gradually recover to 80% as they get their workforce reorganized. It'll be a very long time until they get back to pre-COVID-19 kill levels. Pork demand will be determined by the level of production. Pork is not so expensive as to disrupt demand, yet they will be able to sell all that they can produce given still reduced kills. Packing plant operations will still fall short of the kill capacity that is necessary to kill all the hogs, not to mention the backlog. 
The backlog will continue getting bigger unless they go gangbusters over euthanasia. Why is it that when we have a backlog of hogs, the hog market goes up, and when there is a backlog of cattle, that the cattle market goes down? I think that the answer is partly explained in that packers own a lot of hogs and not cattle. Integrated hog producers are going to kill their own hogs, so they are essentially paying themselves. An integrated producer told me that they had not euthanized any hogs and were not intending to. They will let the independent hog producers do that. They had done things to slow up gains, such as adjust rations and warm up the buildings. Hogs did not gain as fast in the summer, so they heated the buildings to reduce feed consumption. What we are seeing today is why integrated producers invested in the packing plant. It will be the independent producers who lose out in the musical chairs over who gets shackle space, and most all the pressure to euthanize hogs will fall on them. They should start by liquidating at least 10% of the isoweens industry-wide, as there is no way that the kill capacity will recover to 90% this year. If they abort sows and shrink farrowing intentions, there will be fewer pigs in about 10 and a half months or so. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, visit us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 